Hello, everybody. Hey, what's going on, guys? I am Janae Strether. I'm Sean Spencer. Back. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta go out and let. Hold up. This is your man, the shirtless wonder, Abdul, and I am with my man's right over here, Will, the, I'm not going to say eggplant, Kramer. What's up, Will? How you doing today, What's bro? What's going on? Happy Wednesday. We're back to Wednesday nights. Oh, yeah, baby. I am hype. I am hype. Do you know why I'm hype, Will? Because of another win? Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. We got another win, ladies and gentlemen. And as you can see, my man, uh, Sean, is not here. He's having some technical difficulties and everything like that. But he will be back, ladies and gentlemen. He's feeling better. He's feeling hype. And he's ready to go. Because why? Washington is playing some meaning, meaningful football. And he is ready to get it popping on this show and talk about it. So, look, honestly, I'm not even going to delay anymore. Not even going to delay anymore. I'm a little bit better at uh, working these controls. And Will's going to help me out in case I mess up again. Okay? <laughs> so let's, let, let's get it on and popping. First mm -hmm. off, let's welcome. Let's get that out the way. And then, Will, I'm going to let you start off. We So just like I said earlier, we won. I even predicted a win. I wasn't pessimistic at all either. I mm -hmm. actually was like, yeah, we're going to win. It was a little bit tighter than I really thought it was going to be. But, hey, hey, it happened, man. We won. Mm -hmm. We beat them. We beat them on primetime. And, it, it, like, honestly, they usually whip our butts, man. Tell, uh, tell me what you think of Will. I couldn't have been happier with what happened on Monday night, not just be the fact of a win, the fact that for the first time in like Washington's history since Dan Snyder's owned the team, we came out to play. We didn't come out and lay an egg at the first quarter and just look flat the way we always did under Jay Gruden. You know, Rivera had the guys ready to go. We had a game plan. We were moving the ball. And, you know, and, and the score is not indicative of how the game actually went. Because you could look at that and say 17-15, oh, defense battle, not a, lot of, not a lot of points scored, you know, close game. It was not a close game the, the entire time. And we were in control the entire time. In fact, as we get to you get to a little bit more, I'm almost I was almost frustrated during the game. Like, why are we not putting this away? Because Seattle was not good, you know, on Monday. And we were clearly the better team. But I'm so happy we got over that. I think we're like two and seventeen in our last couple Monday night games. We've got a really bad prime time record. This this new coaching staff has taken over, so I loved it. Um, and and I want to hear from you 
about the fan experience since you were you got a chance to now go two and zero at FedEx Field. So tell us what was it like in the stands. So my man, my man, my man, my man, it was awesome. Like I'm trying to tell you, like the seats were so good, guys. Like honestly, we I again props to my man Eric for holding it down and hooking hooking me up. But this was a fan experience, man. Honestly, I, if every fan had the experience I had, I think we would have a packed house every single time. Not to mention, I mean, there was like some Seattle fans here and there, but it was nothing compared to what we were bringing to the table. We were overhyped. It was loud. It was like a bunch of high fives. I'm trying to tell you, I was hugging people that I didn't even know their name. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, like I was trying to tell you, like, it was awesome, man. Like, we were hyped, jumping up and down. I got a workout, man. I went to, I got, I left the game sweating. And it was cold as a bitch, Will. Will, it was cold. It was cold as hell. But I was, like, I'm trying to tell you, I was sweating. And guess what, Will? I'm going to tell you something, bro. I'm going to tell you something. You know what we said after we won that game? We won Hmm. Dallas. We won Dallas. We won Dallas. Uh, We were hype, bro. I mean, Again, like just like you said, it was the score did not really tell it. Like we controlled the ball, we controlled the time. Honestly, we'll get more into it, but I think that's our new game plan, bro. I mm-hmm. really do. I think that's our game, but like just controlling the time on the clock and honestly, just letting our legs do the work. And and then defense, defense here and there, as long as they show up when they need to. We gonna cause some trouble, boy. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Dude, I I love hearing that you had a good experience because, I mean, that's what Fed- FedEx is known for. People just kind of walking out angry mm-hmm. that I wasted how much money on this? I Fact. wasted how much time on this? Fact. You know, and and you know, and, and and they're talking about culture change. They're talking about trying to change the culture within the building, and but it also it's a culture change within within the whole stadium and. Do fans want to go to the game? Can you put a good product on the field that's going to make us come back, spend our hard-earned money to go to a game like that, to show up on a Monday night when it's cold, it's nighttime, you know, and if you're used to losses, you're not going to do it. So the fact that they won a Monday night game last year, we won a Monday night game this year, I think that's that's a lot to be positive about, and, and I think it's encouraging. And I think we did see that the team is fired up about this too, which is going to be, which is going to be good. Um, yeah, so I loved hearing that you had a good experience. And not only just not only um like coming out on a Monday, but you know, this is a DC area, bro. Like people gotta work the next morning, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. come on, mm-hmm. man. Like they don't want to go out on a uh, Monday night and potentially not show up for their job the next day on a loss. And an un, unmotivational loss. It, I, it, it'd be one thing if we were in the game, but we're usually like done by like the second quarter. Like yeah. you could already yeah. tell how the game is going and how we're just going to be like, oh man, this sucks. And you just wasted money, time, uh, like probably your nerves for driving in that traffic just mm-hmm. to get to the stadium. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, you wasted all that just to get pissed off all over again. Like it's, it's like, but it was 
the experience of it, like it was worth it. I'm trying to tell you the trap, even going through all that traffic, it was worth it. I, I'll do it again. Yeah, I will do it again. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I will go go there again. You talk about you know Monday night everyone have to work. I mean, if you see me yawning, it's because I still haven't recovered from that Monday <laughs> night. I've been drinking a lot of coffee Tuesday, a lot of coffee Wednesday, but I'm still tired. So you're not kidding. I was dragging the next day, bro. Like I, I was like, oh, and I, yeah. I and I work from home. Like I, <laughs> I yeah, me too. Home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, work again. Damn! I know, like, I know. <laughs> but not only was the team motivated, Will, guess who else was motivated? And we were we were really upset because he never has any emotion in his face. Guess who else? Wow. Yeah, that, that was us too. That's yeah. what we were saying too. Yeah, I saw it. Um, First quarter, maybe some of the guys came on. It might, you know, they made a defensive play, and he went running out there and started, you know, high fiving the guys and kind of yelling. I was like, "Oh, Rod's showing a little bit of uh, of emotion here." And then we certainly saw it there at the very the very end there. That 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 video was awesome, bro. Awesome. I'm tr- just sometimes that's needed. You you know what I'm saying? Like that. Like I understand not showing your emotions. Like if it's like we're playing like shit, but. Sometimes, like when we're doing something right, that's when that's when that energy is needed, boy. Oh yeah. my gosh, there's nothing, nothing more motivating than seeing your coach just as hype for you doing a good play. Like yeah. you know you did a good job, and you know it's just as similar as seeing like a parent seeing their child do a good play, and they they the child sees their parent up in the stands just like losing their mind yeah yeah you know yeah that is is very similar to that and it's just that's awesome man honestly ron rivera keep that shit up boy that's what i want to see every day bro give me that fire show me that more often (laughs) i need it as a fan (laughs) (laughs) yep yep okay let's let's move on let's move on i'm sorry I, i get so like we talk about Ron and his fireness and everything like that. And we've talked uh, last week and we brought up uh, Taylor Heineke and um, my critique of the man. And I, I tell you the truth, I, like he, he is learning and he's doing better every week. It may not show in these stats. Don't like guys, don't let the stats fool you, please. Like I, he threw over 30, 30 times. Like he, that's 27 for 35. That's 80%, something like that. That's efficient. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Okay. And, um, the interception, I don't even remember the interception. Will you remember it? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. When and where? It was bad. It was that deep throw to Logan Thomas. It bounced off his, off his hands. and, And then the safety, I think Jamal Adams caught it. Um, but you know, like there were some people saying, "Well, it hit him in the hands." If it, it might have hit our tight end in the hands, the throw was late. The, okay. By the time the ball got there, like it, he really tried to force that thing in there. It was not a good decision by him. And so it just to go, what I'm saying he's still learning, guys. Yeah. Um, this is his audition to see if he lasts in DC longer than this year. 
And uh, like he's still learning. I think he's learning every game, guys. And honestly, this wasn't as good of a game as last week. But guys, this this was a damn good job. Still, like he didn't. It was like he didn't make any mistakes that was going to crush us. So I'll tell you the truth. I'll be. I'm Heineke's uh, biggest critic, and honestly, I'm not too mad at this performance. I still think. Just like Will said, um, trying to fit the ball in places. I, he's trying to do – he's trying to be too slick sometimes, and I, I don't I don't like that. Like, just calm your ass down. Do these little uh, uh, five-yard dumps real quick. You got Logan Thomas back, so there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing that now. You know what I'm saying? So stop trying to be cute and, like, honestly, do what you can. Like, and when – when it's necessary, when it's uh, when the time is called for it, then you throw it down the field. F it, Terry's down there somewhere. Play mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you think, Will? Yeah. So, of the three of us, I am by far Heineke's biggest fan. You're his biggest critic. I'm his biggest fan. And but there were times on Monday where I found myself getting a little frustrated. Um, I did not like on our very first drive the throw he made to to Terry McLaurin, but he was late, he was high, and he was behind him. And McLaurin tried to jump, and the ball went bounced up in the air. I just felt like that wasn't it was just being forced, um, and and I didn't I didn't like that, and that could could have caused some some issues. I didn't like the throw he made, you know, down there that got intercepted. Intercepted. I just felt he was forcing it. And then there was a throw to the sidelines where he, he just lobbed it in there and the corner broke on it and, and knocked it down. You know, he really wasn't putting anything on it. And, and the, the broadcast actually talked about it a little bit. But I got to tell you, that broadcast, they were all about Taylor Heineke and what is he doing and how is he showing that he can be the starter and, and whatnot. And I think you look at the numbers there, that's very efficient. But also look at the yards. Like, 27 completions and only 223 yards. He's not having to throw the ball very far down the field. Our offense is not big play explosive right now. We are methodical, whether we're running or whether we're throwing it. We're not, we're not that much of a, you know, we're not a deep threat at all right now. Um, I, I did, I didn't like that one bomb to Terry, but I don't actually blame Heineke on that. I actually didn't sure what I think Terry, you know, mistimed his jumps. But other than that throw. Everything is it's it's underneath. It's short, you know. I mean, it's it's our offense from last year, and he's running it. He does a better job than Alex Smith because he's more mobile. And so I, I agree with you. He's he's getting better. I still just think he needs to be careful with some of those risks that he takes. But the thing about him is is with the risks also come his rewards, and he gets fired up when the game gets close. He gets fired up when people are talking smack to him. You know, you think back to the week before at, at, at Carolina when he got hit in the head and he jumped up in the guy's face. You know, Monday Night Football, he's hyped up, you know. And so there is something about they continue to talk about the players feed off that, you know, and he really is. And Ron's big on leadership from his quarterback, and he's got that. He's got the command of the team. He's got, you know, the leadership there. So, you know, I do agree we just got to keep watching him. I just – every time I'm like, just please just stop trying to force the ball. Stop, stop trying to be a hero and just take what's in front of you. Uh, I don't disagree with anything you said. In fact, you kind of sound like me two weeks ago. So, I like, I, know. <laughs> I, <missed that>. I know. 
<laughs> I've been saying that from jump. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks for catching up with me, bro. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nah, like, it, you are absolutely right. He does actually, uh, he actually forces things, and you can see it. His throws are labored and everything like that. I like it when he is setting up the deep ball. There was no setting it up so much this mm-hmm. time. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it, I, I, and that's like I liked it before. Like it was dump, 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 and then once they start to settle, once their feet start to settle and they start coming up, that's when you throw the deep ball. And I, like this game, like the, and that means the play calling is off too. So that means it's some, it's a knock on their offensive coordinator again. You know what I'm saying? But just like you said before, like when we were talking, Seattle's not. A world beater, you know. what I'm saying, if we go against world beaters, this wouldn't this wouldn't have played out the same. Mm-mm. You know, Mm-mm. and you really have to have like a rhythm, a rhyme when you play the when you do these play calls. I've been saying it before, and I'll I'll keep saying it until they listen to me. There needs to be a rhyme or reason when you do when you play call when you do play calls. So, mm-hmm. y'all, uh, Washington, do better, please. Please, please, you know, because mm-hmm. we going against uh, a better defense next week. Yes. Excuse me. Sorry. So you, um, you guys can't be like we were able to like our mistakes didn't hurt us this game. Our mistakes could hurt us next game. Yeah. And um, we we played flawless, close to flawless football against Tampa Bay and Carolina. This game, we kind of was making mistakes, and honestly, it didn't hurt us because we won the game. But we can't do this against better teams. We right. really can't. Right. We can't. We can't have. We can't overcome our mistakes right now. Like you said, we have to play perfect football right now. And I think we may be seeing some some of the tide changing when we get with some of these players we're getting back. But and that's my concern. Like. For, for Heineke and some of those plays, it was early in the game because the last thing we can do is put ourselves in a hole. Because if you notice these last couple of games, we're running the ball more because we have leads. And when you have the lead, you can, you know, you can do that. We're not having to play from behind and keep throwing and throwing and throwing. And so I, that's where it's like, I just, I need him in the beginning of the game to stay within himself, you know, and not, and not try and, you know, do too much. Sometimes when you get that energy, boy, you you just you gotta let that shit out, Will. Oh, and he did. He does. <laughs> he does, especially on Monday night. He he was as hyped as we were. <laughs> right. All right, we got some questions. You want to answer some questions real quick? Yeah, Will? let's do that. Yeah. All yep. right. So, uh, this is from John Lenny, who uh, he says, "Who should get more targets with McKissick hurt?" Uh, I think you, you're looking at the two guys who just came back. You know, I think I think you're going to see Logan Thomas get the ball more. Looks like they're going to bring in Curtis Samuel a little bit more. Um, and I think you're going to see Anthony uh, Dixon going going to three down back a lot more often. Uh, what do you I'm, think? I'm going to tell you. I think it's McKissick. Uh, you pay attention to uh, um, the latest uh, injury report. And McKissick is questionable. So if McKissick is still in the game, he's going to play. I mean, he if he's available, he's he's going to play. 
and especially this is his contract year. So um, he's going for a new contract. Honestly, he's in line to get some money next year. Oh, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if he's able to work, he's going to work. So McKissick is the guy still. So I know he got uh, carted off and everything like that. I don't even know what his injury re- really was. You couldn't tell. What did they say? Do you know what they so said his injury was? I assumed concussion, but apparently it's come out and they said neck. And so that's why, I, you know, if he, if he can't play, I'm not – I don't know. He didn't practice today. Um, so I don't know what, what that means on what his recovery would be. Yeah. I assumed concussion too because it just kind of seemed like where he got hit and he was just like not, you know, they were taking their precautions with him. But he like went, uh, so I was at the game and I was just like he's down, and I even remember going through the process. I'm like it's not a concussion, it's not his leg, and like with concussion, you would think that they would hold him down, but he was still moving. Yeah, he sat like, up. Yeah, he yeah. got up and walked onto the cart. You get what I'm mm. saying? So I like we were we were definitely confused on what what the issue was. Yeah. and you say his neck. He kind of was turning his neck around when he was being carted off. So, yeah. like, I don't, I don't know, you know. Let's hope it's nothing. Let's let's hope it's nothing, and he's right. back because we we need him. Yes, I I think I think the threat, like, so we have Antonio Gibson, and but he's a good running back. But I think the threat of McKissick just to throw something different out there. He's just a different running back. I think that's back. I think that together is a great combo, you yeah. know? Yep. Okay, next question right here. This is from Anton. Barbara would be next in line. Barbara who? I think he's messing with us. I'm gonna, Barber, mess, I'm, I'm gonna hope he's messing with us. Peyton <laughs> Barber is still on the Las race? Vegas now. So next question. I think he's messing with us. <laughs> you think it's? You think he's clear as concussion? Yeah, I, I don't it's think not, it's concussion because I haven't said that yet. Yeah, um, yeah, they haven't said it. So and that's pretty like automatic when they. Like if a person gets a concussion, they automatically say they got a concussion. They got to go through the protocol. Yeah. There was nothing said about concussion or the protocol with him. So, um, yeah, we're not we're not even thinking that right now. Right. Right. All right. Let's move on. Okay, bro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Stars of the game. All right. So next player, Antonio Gibson, twenty nine carries, one hundred and eleven yards, seven receptions, thirty five yards. Uh, my first thought is that's a hell of a lot of carries for just a hundred yards. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I like it because 29 carries. What that tells me though, is that we controlled the clock massively. Uh, if, uh, if I'm, uh, so if I'm a correct, this 40, it was like 40 minutes we took up of the clock and, uh, compared to, uh, 20 on their side. So that's because of all these carries we had, and this isn't even this isn't even um, McKissick's carries or excuse me, this isn't even McKissick's carries. So again, like I, mm-hmm. we took care of the clock, and this is really big clock concerning. But uh, yards per carry um, average, it 
it comes out to less than four yards a carry. And that is not good. That is not, not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so what is, what do you think? Well, what is this telling you, man? How do you, uh, what, what do you think of his performance? I, I, I liked it. Um, you, you're, you're correct in the fact that his yards per carry weren't, weren't good, but it, we were able to control the game. We were pounding it all them. I think I saw where the, the Seahawks had a, on defense had about 70 plays maybe. And in the last couple of games, they hadn't been close to anything like that. So they were tired. So, I mean, I felt good in the fourth quarter that we're going to, we're going to pull this one out. We're going to, you know, just keep running it down their throats and we're going to win this at, at Rockville tackling. And he's that type of back that in the fourth quarter, with as much as he weighs, how strong he runs, he's hard to tackle, and he was able to continue doing damage. Uh, but you're right. <laughs> I would want to see more yards than, than he did, although, and we'll kind of get into it a little bit later on, some of that was because uh, he had a couple third downs where he had to keep smacking right into the uh, the defensive line and not really doing much. So that didn't help his stats. Um, but the part I like there, actually, is the seven catches. I don't think he dropped any. And and one of the things we thought that he was going to be a third down back and come out of the backfield and, and stuff and, and, you know, not know who's catching the ball, him or McKissick. And he's kind of struggled in that this year again for, for a second year in a row and seven catches, 35 yards. It's not a lot, but that kind of fits within, within our offense um, with, with Gibson. It still is the same thing as before where on a run or screen, sometimes like he's got space and you get so hyped about what it's going to turn into. And then he gets tackled by somebody's arm or he gets tackled these shoestring tackles that bring him down. And it's like, there was more yards out there. Come on. Like, why does this keep happening? Cause you've got, you show the ability, the space is there. The play design is there. Like there's more out there for him. So, um, um, I'm going to comment on that real quick. So, we got him out of uh, Memphis. That's mm-hmm. where he came from. So we got him out of Memphis. He was mostly uh, a wide receiver over there. And um, as a running back, they teach us, pick up your feet. Pick up your feet, pick up your feet, pick up your feet. He came over here with a uh, wide receiver mentality. And to me, he gets these uh, – he gets these uh, – he gets in the moment, and that's when – he's just trying to be quick and that's not necessarily picking up your feet type things. Like you need to be able to like, I, and I agree with you. Like, it's just, if we convert you over, then we need to uh, convert you all the way over and get you start feeling that you need, like when you're in the midst of the jumble, pick up your feet so you don't get tackled with these like shoestring tackles, arm tackles, like, you're like get your shoulders back in like you know what i'm saying like and no like it's hard to change the way you run and mm-hmm. so this man is just he's just has this mentality of a wide receiver right now when he should be thinking like a running back you know yeah but um yeah. we can't be too mad at it like uh i think he's still what to year two now will mm-hmm. so like yeah. we like it's frustrating but Maybe next year he'll turn that page, you know. Like yeah. I, like he, he's got too. Like he's very, very talented. I think they're trying to make him like a just a three down back for real. 
And mm-hmm. this is like, honestly, we're just going through those growing pains right now with it. I agree with that. I do. My man, my man. Okay. Um, so John Lenny uh, just threw out a, a comment and uh, it was an article pushed out about uh, three hours ago. And it was uh, saying that uh, J.D. McKissick in concussion protocol. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he got it. You know, if they said neck, he got hit in the head. It would make sense. Um, but that kind of segue is really good into uh, talking about him and his game and how right. he did. Right. So, like, honestly, uh, thanks for putting that out, John Lenny. That was uh, great information because um, that's exactly what we're going to talk about next. Yeah is J.D. McKissick, seven carries, 30 yards, one touchdown, five receptions, 26 yards, one touchdown. The man was ridiculous. And you know what? This man probably isn't in anybody's fantasy football team. And this is easily 20 points right here. Mm -hmm. So this is crazy, man. This dude is our second string, our third down back, and he is not getting any respect, Will. What tell me about this man, bro? Yeah, it's just like last year where he had 80 catches. You know, I mean, he fits our offense perfectly. You know, the what the role they have him do, the plays they have him go out for, even sometimes even the handoffs they give him. He just you said it, he brings another dimension. He's a completely different style than Gibson, and he's such a good player from us. And if you get him in out in space, he can outrun guys. And, and make plays, and that's where you know he complements our, our our quarterback so well. Um, it's just we're we're so fortunate that they saw him, they brought him on the team because I mean he's he's such a vital role for our team, and, and you, you just gotta hope that with the if he's in concussion protocol, you know his head can can feel better because right now he's an integral part of the team and we need him. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Uh, he's definitely important to our game, definitely important to what we do every week. So this man is a necessity. And honestly, real talk, just so he's available um, down the line, I think we might need to sit him this week and just evaluate him to make sure he is 100% for um, down the road. Like yeah. sacrifice this like just like especially against um Oakland oh sorry I said Oakland Las Vegas it's all right <laughs> <laughs> especially against Las Vegas we need McKissick for these division games yeah this what five run five five week long division game schedule we got so Honestly, rest his man this week so we can have him during the most important games of the year yeah. in the next five weeks. Yeah. You feel me? I agree. Okay. So um that's 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 my advice. And, and like just like you said, well, this man is so important to what we do. And we just like we just like we need him back. Honestly, mm-hmm. he, he shows out. And honestly. At the beginning of the year, I said that we were trying to groom Patterson in order to be um, J.D. McKissick's um, replacement. I don't think I like that idea so much now, bro. I don't. I think that we got a vibe. Like, there's a vibe. Like, they're, like, 
with McKissick in the lineup. You know what I'm saying? Like he's good at being a third down back and like, it's perfect for him. Like that's a perfect role for him. And like, and he shows out anytime he touches the ball. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think what we're seeing with Patterson is not that he would ever be groomed to necessarily replace Gibson, but he's a little bit more of that type of runner where, where McKissick is just so different. He's so much quicker. Um, he's, he's a much better pass catcher. He's a, he's actually really good in, in pass protection. He makes some, some key blocks in there to give, you know, Heineke a little bit more time. And that is so important uh, to have that. You're right. I mean, I think he's, he's just a whole nother type of player that, that we're just very, very fortunate to have. Another thing about the way he runs, he's patient too. Sean, you know what I'm talking about, bro? Like, have you seen this dude run? Like, how he like takes his time once he gets through these holes and like honestly it's like he's almost seeing the future on these guys bro like he is able to see where they're about to be and everything like that it's ridiculous this dude shows out i like the way he runs man i really mm-hmm. do yeah okay so question question uh again will um would McLaurin get more targets if JD is out? I mean, I think, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I would hope so. I mean, I don't think McLaurin gets enough targets, but I think part of that is the defense knows, you know, uh, they know who McLaurin is, and so they're they're you know we've talked about it all year they're they're going to try and keep their eye on him the whole time. And technically, the defense feels like. Well, now that Logan Thomas is back, but before that, McLaurin is our only weapon that they're really worried about out there, truly. And McLaurin's the only person who can beat people deep right now. So that, you know, they're, they're already kind of, I think, keeping their eye on him and spying him. So, yeah, I would obviously love if Terry get more catches. He's the one I trust the most out there. But I think what where Logan and Curtis Samuel is and what J.D. McKissick does is some of that underneath stuff is where they can be, they can, they can continue to play as well. And and we saw that on, on Monday night, you know, Curtis Samuel caught a couple um, screens. He had just a couple, I think he might have had a run. Um, you know, he caught stuff near the line of scrimmage that, that McKissick can do. That, that's kind of where I'm thinking they would take over some of that load for right now. I, uh, so I don't think, McK- I don't think uh, Terry McLaurin would get more, uh, more targets. Terry is our, uh, like Pete, he's pretty much our a wide receiver one, two, and three. So uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because why? What? De- hey, Sean, where's Deami Brown? Does he even put on a uniform? Where that boy days? at? Where is he at? Where that boy at? <laughs> I swear, North Carolina was somewhere around here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, but no, Terry McLaurin is our. Wide receiver one, two, and three. Yeah. And so to me, I don't think he does a lot of these dump passes, which is the high completion uh, rate for uh, our quarterback, uh, Taylor Heineke. So to me, I don't think it's more target. I think so. I think that's more going to be um, a Curtis Samuels job. And let's, let's be real. Let's be like, uh, let's talk about this though is, we got Curtis Samuels to pretty much play the role that J.D. McKissick plays now. So it's perfect. And J- uh, Curtis Samuels is actually getting better, like feeling better right around the same time that um, McKissick got hurt. 
So mm-hmm. it's a pretty much segue, like simple segue to put uh, Curtis uh, Curtis Samuels in where J.D. McKissick uh, is and have him play the same same deal, you yep. know? Yep, I agree. That's why we paid him is because of how diverse he was uh, from running back to wide receiver. So to me, I think that's exactly where it's going to be at. It, I think the uptick is going to be uh, – Curtis Samuels, not uh, Terry. So that's just that's just what I think. Yeah, no, I think I think that's that's a good point. It's a great point. Like like you said, some of that that stuff that that Terry that McKissick would do, that is what Curtis can do, and, and you know, and that's where he's he's going to show his speed as, as athleticism um, and quickness to get around people. And maybe that's better than having him run a fly pattern right down down the and hurting that groin again. So you know, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Exactly. Like, uh, I know they were on like a pitch count the last game, but it's we just need to let him do. And but part of being a coach is putting him in the best op, uh, place for them to do the best, and just uh, and that is these little dump passes. I think that's what Curtis will excel at, and uh, I keep saying his first name. Samuels was uh, will excel at. Put him there, guys, and um, and if they do, guys, watch out because Samuels does magic once he's put in a good situation mm-hmm. and shows out like that. Sean says he takes his time when picking holes. He's talking about McKissick. Yep. He sure as shit does. You, you got you got to post the stuff that he says about Deami Brown. <laughs> Plus, McKissick hands are elite. They are yep. definitely elite, Sean. They yep. really are. That boy catches like a wide receiver. It's better than some wide receivers, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deami Brown owes this team his check. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> He's not wrong. All right. He's missing, guys. Uh I sent I sent out an AP for him. I'll let you know if he finds him. Plus, and I mean seriously, like, back we're busting on him. But like this is extremely disappointing that we're getting nothing out of him. I mean, this is our third round pick. Um, I you know, I didn't expect uh to have a third round pick produced the way Terry did, but he didn't have a catch on Monday, right? Did he have a catch the week before? Did he have a catch the the week before that? He actually did see him in the beginning. But exactly, though, like, he's not even contributing at all. Like, my boy Adam Humphreys is making way more plays than this guy, and and that's not good for us. That's not the way this team was set up. You know, we needed that that fast guy on, on, you know, to be that that speed threat, and we're just getting nothing from him. So I think it's opportunity, too, Will. Um, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying, but it for whatever reason, whatever wide receiver we draft, we don't give them opportunities to do anything. Oh, here we go. Now we're going to talk about AGG. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Is it opportunity or is it what are they showing? And that's that what we again? don't know. Is it op- is what we, we, we don't know as fans. Is it? Is it they're not getting an opportunity, or they're not showing that showing that they that they deserve to be on the field? And that's that's very fair. Like you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying, what are they not doing in practice 
to like not be put in the game or to be able to actually be on the active roster every week. So, I mean, these are these questions and what can they do to do that? But also what is Washington not doing to prepare these wide receivers that they drafted and put to put them in the game? Like, why can't we develop wide receivers? Yeah, like well, well, how could how could Pittsburgh do it every single year? Who is Deontay Johnson? <laughs> okay, who was he when he came out of college? Who was Antonio Brown when he came out of college? A how fifth does round pick. Do this every year. A fifth round year? pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Like what? Like I. We can't develop quarterbacks. We can't develop wide receivers. Like it just like it that blows my mind. Like how this is not uh, like we don't even use what we have in house. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just we overuse our wide receiver. Like Terry, he'll get like eight targets while everybody else gets one or two. Like yeah. it's obvious that we just prefer who we is at the wide receiver position, we prefer what we uh, what we know is a for sure thing. Right. You know, the one wide receiver that throws me this year, I can't figure out, where has Cam Sims been? How does he be, go from number two last year, our number two uh, receiver in, in terms of catches, to nothing? You know, like I was encouraged the week before when he caught the touchdown pass in Carolina. I thought, all right, maybe they're starting to get him involved and that he was nowhere to be seen again on Monday night. I don't get it. So to me, I uh, I thought Cam was hurt for a bit. So, and then working him back into the play, uh, uh, playing again, that I think that would take some time, especially. But you're right. He should be able to show out once he returns onto the field. But, um. I think that was more Alex Smith's boy instead of Taylor Heineke's. So yeah, no, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Alex seemed to really trust him out there, right? And he and he showed it like like that. Uh, but he threw it deep to uh, Cam once. The one guy he would throw deep to is Cam <laughs> right. Sims, <laughs> and he so, had to be on the sideline. So either he's catching it or the sidelines catching it. That's what I like. <laughs> that's, that's what I like for real right there alright another question oh man I could talk forever with you Will man what's going on we, we have 40, almost 45 minutes bro and we're still on section one here <laughs> topic one oops is, is Taylor Heineke the, I'm sorry is Taylor Heineke the option long term for Washington we don't know we said that in early at the end of the show that's from Nate we just yeah. don't know like, right. go ahead, bro. Yes, he's incomplete, but he deserves the every start here on out to continue to evaluate and to see how the season ends up. Because, you know, that's what we talked about last week is if we're in a situation, once again, we're picking in the mid-teens or close to 20, then we're not going to get these studs out of college. And you may have to roll with someone like Heineke again because you're it's going to cost too much to go up, you know, to get a guy unless, you know, I mean, the Bears – what did the Bears give up on to get Fields? Was it two first rounders? I think it was one first rounder and a, a third. God, which that's not terrible to get to go up the way they did. Uh, they went up. Uh, they uh, went up on the Giants, right? Uh, they yeah, traded they with from, the Giants. 
They uh, yeah, yeah, the Giants. They went from ten to they went from twenty to like ten or eleven, right? Oh, okay. It might be it might be two. So I I don't know. I, yeah. I can't I can't call it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's 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 yeah. My point is that where we if we continue to trend the way we're trending, we may be playing our way out of our out of getting a good draft pick a quarterback, and so then you know you may be going with him again next year. Uh, speaking of which, um, Jamin Davis was showing, like, honestly, he's getting better every week also. So I just uh, – I wanted to put that out there uh, too. Like, I was almost about to throw the whole player away a few weeks ago, but he, he's getting better too. He's getting more playing time, and honestly, that's that's all I can ask for from a rookie too, you know. So they, um, on the broadcast, they talked about him. Um, and and your favorite defensive coordinator Del Rio was 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 you know hyping him, and what he was saying is basically kind of what we we had been suspecting is he's still learning and he everything's in his head, and he basically said if he can recognize what he has to do, he's extremely fast to the ball, but he's just so much in his head trying to figure out where he needs to go that it's just it's slowing his reaction times you know and and he like a Heineke he just needs to play more. He needs to see more to know, you know, what's coming. I don't disagree with you at all. Like, I, well, we just thought he would be like automatically good, yeah. automatically starter, and everything like that. But sometimes, guys, these players just need to get in and develop. And honestly, just as you get that experience in year one, then watch out year two. That's that's all I gotta say. Yeah. Okay. Post what Sean said next. Oh, Sean. Okay. John Bates needs his targets to increase. I know that far fetched <laughs> with Thomas back, but I'm starting to like Bates' contributions. Uh huh. Dude, dude is sure handed. You're not going to get in a yak, but he's sure handed. He's going to catch the ball. <laughs> Just you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Bates is – like, I like um, – if they could do, like, a two-tight end uh, package with Bates, I, I'd be happy with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, I think Bates is kind of just uh, Cameron Bait uh, – Cam, Bra- Cameron Brait. Yeah. Uh, I think he's, like, more like that. And I, I want to see more of a, like, O.J. Howard – yeah, that's not right. him. <laughs> Type thing. At least become Gronk. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you're that damn big, be Gronk, bro. <laughs> that's Gronk's all. Like, Gronk's like an out-of-world athlete. <laughs> he is. Dude's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You, you ain't lying. You're right. I just I I want to see. I just want us, I want our I want us to. I didn't like the I didn't like uh the pick for Jam, uh John Bates. I really didn't. I uh I was calling for another tight end at that moment, but cuz like they were just like it, like he only had like five catches in college or something, yeah. something dumb, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh-huh. like, "What?" Yeah. No one knew who he was when they drafted him, huh? It's like the the Washington football team t- selects like some so and so tight end and we're like, "Who?" <laughs> I was. I remember being so mad about that, yes, bro. Yes, so, you were. 
because they still had Brevin Jordan on, who I think I saw. I don't know who he's with, but he might have had a touchdown catch this week, or he, at least he, he he made a play or something. But but it was uh, that's who everyone was like. Well, what about this guy still available? Why are we getting him? Yeah, coaches kind of knew what they were doing. See, what what if what if uh, John Bates can turn into like the next Chris Cooley? Would you accept that? Yeah, I, I'd accept that because um, he Chris Cooley was like a part of the the offense. You know what I'm saying? Like he, yeah. like honestly, you had to account for him. But um, just this role, like a guy that stands there, just an extra blocker. Yeah, that's good on some plays, but I think the threat of having another pass catcher at tight end is is the way to go. I think yeah. uh, that's why I set our um, fantasy football league with two tight ends because yeah. I, I think that's the way it should be. Well, Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, you didn't tell nobody, so we sit here drafting. You're drafting all these tight ends, and no one understands why. That's a lie. That's a lie. I told you guys. I told you guys. I was like, make sure y'all see this shit. I think, you know, one of the things we talk about with with, with linebackers, and it's it's been our Achilles heel, is you're finding more and more of them are good against the run, but they struggle against the pass. And and you talk about, you know, if you can have two pass-catching tight ends, who are they lined up with? Either a safety or a linebacker. linebacker, and if if they can if they can expose the linebacker and get open, you know it's kind of like a little bit what the Eagles did a couple of years ago with Ertz and Goddard, and you know one of those two guys could could be open and really really stretch the field and and, and hurt the defense. So it's not a bad philosophy that you that you have. I th- and that's what I uh, that's how I think. I think that's exactly exactly. Um, if teams thought that same way, it'd be ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like it and um. And that's why we picked up a, a tight end. Um, what it was in the fourth, I think. Uh, but Bates, we picked up Bates. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm hoping that they're trying to develop him into a threat just uh, alongside Thomas because we re upped on Thomas too. Yeah. This offseason. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right. Let's move on. They said. Um, that says more about Scott Turner not utilizing uh, De'Ami Brown. Uh, I don't know what he's referring to. Um, uh, we were talking about how De'Ami Brown's not on the field a little bit ago. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where we don't know, you know. We, we don't – why isn't he on the field? Why isn't he getting getting the ball more? You know, like you said perfectly, what are what is he doing or not doing in practice that that is affecting his, his play? You think maybe it's because it's not in their game plan to have these type of wide receivers like in the lineup. Like uh, I know I'm, we're talking about uh, Brown, but it, it's possible um, they feel the same way about Harmon and uh, AGG. Well, the the common denominator with Brown and with AGG is when they came out of college, they were they were called raw meaning that they really had some refining being done. And I think when, when that usually happens, I equate that to route running, you know, and, and the fact that AGG was bigger than the guys he was up against. And so you could throw it up there and you could, you could out physical them for the catch. And De'Ami Brown was faster than a lot of times. And he could, you know, the routes he had to run 
um, in North Carolina, or even if he had was getting the ball handed off to him, he could just use his speed as his weapon. Whereas, you know, they were talking in, on the, in the broadcast about how much Terry has worked on his route running to be a perfectionist with it. Um, and they talked about one of the one of the routes he made, and, and they were just raving about it. It's Riddick and Greasy. And Terry was already a good receiver before this year. You know, and he's still perfecting his craft. So I always – my always, assumption is always that if a player is not on the field, it's because it's a trust factor. And it's, it's can he – does he know the playbook and does he run it properly so that that quarterback will know where he's going to be? Um, I don't know how much in our offense that – we run all those timing plays beyond Terry. Um, but that that's kind of always been my assumption as to why someone's not playing as much as I think they should. I um I'm a I disagree with that. I don't like not disagree because I like I think it may be trust, but I think it also is that it they may not just fit that offense right then and there. Um and honestly, and to me, I think that means uh, Scott Turner needs to, de- like, one, um, open up his uh, repertoire uh, for play calling. Because honestly, if you have a different, again, you have the different different players, you need to develop them to uh, to excel and everything like that. Maybe excuse me, maybe they're just stuck on what they are calling and um, AGG and uh, we'll, let's call it the way it is. AGG and Harmon are pretty much the same wide receiver and um, they just, it doesn't fit their offense. And to me, I, I agree with what you're saying is uh, trust maybe route running this and this and that, but maybe they, uh, Washington's playing small ball, and you got two big guys playing that can play big ball, and it just doesn't mesh well. And uh, I think that's just, I think that still still falls on the coordinators and the coaches to me. So then, what do you think about when Nate asks this? Is y'all safe? Yeah, it's safe. Nepotism is a bitch, man. Like it is safe. You know what I'm saying? Like honestly, until they, I don't think. I think Ron Rivera is too chummy about his guys, man. I really do. I, I, I don't think he can be like, "Yo, you're effing up. You're effing up, bro." Like what the, what the, like you know what I'm saying? Like honestly, it takes real big balls to admit you did something wrong and fire a coordinator in the middle of the year. I think that shows a lot right there. Like when the Giants did that to Garrett, bro, like that's to me that that shows that you're, you know, you you admitting that you did something wrong and you're trying to switch something up, you know, but we're not losing games. So his, his job safe right now. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah, no, and I, there is a loyalty factor. You're so right with that and who Ron brings in. He is going to show some loyalty. I guess, I mean, and we got into this a couple weeks ago. I still, I, I don't think Scott's doing anything that, that deserves him to not be retained. Right. Um, I don't, you know, I don't mind him as the coordinator right now. And, and I think he's still, for since this is the, the theme of our show when evaluating people, is at times 
in an incomplete grade because he hasn't had the players this year. I mean, he had a, a quarterback who was on one leg last year, and then, you know, we bring in these weapons and, and they get hurt, you know, and so he's he hasn't had a chance to really utilize everybody, which is, you know, what gets me very excited about the, the you know, the upcoming, you know, next couple of games here as, as players are coming back getting healthy to see, you know, what do we show when we have our, our full roster and, and what they anticipated, you know, going into the season. Good point, bro. Very, very, very good points. Uh, I'm excited too. Definitely excited for uh, um, us getting more healthy and everything like that. But um, having injured guys isn't um, isn't an excuse to me. I don't think it's an excuse. Period. Um, you know, just it's it's a part of the game. You know, and part of uh, being a coach or a coordinator is to adjust fire and that like do the best you can with what you got. You know, like I know this isn't war, but like and I'm talking all war talking everything like that. But you need to adjust fire and to like, you know, what I'm saying like sometimes you got to be like, fuck this plan. Like I got to do what's best for right now. Adjust fire. And every other coach in the league doesn't use like at doesn't use well i didn't have all my players to do this you know like they don't use that as an excuse to to for how bad they're doing you know they just have to own it don't you remember that that slogan from Deshaun Jackson when when they when he joined us in 2013 and we weren't good you can't do um let me say You can't do extraordinary shit with the average people when the offense was terrible. <laughs> Posted that. On For real, Instagram. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I, I think about that all the time when I'm like, wait, you can't trust, you know, we don't have players. You know, we got, you know, I love the guy, DeAndre Carter running routes, you know, out there. And I'm like, you can't do, you can't have extraordinary expectations with ordinary shit at people out there. That is so true, though. But I, but you're, you're absolutely right. Like, <laughs> that's funny actually <laughs> it's not wrong <laughs> it's not wrong it's not wrong but i think that you know that's for players not coaches and uh coordinators i think that's more like more I, for players that makes sense to me but for coaches and coordinators it's their jobs to put these players in situations where they'll excel at I sound yeah. redundant every time I say that, and I'm like, well, I'm saying the same shit every week. <laughs> but it's so true to me. It, yeah. It's it's so true. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's all good. All right. <laughs> all right. Should we should we move to like it, love it, hate it? <laughs> How long have we got? Should we go an hour on on topic number one. Oh right. <laughs> yeah, right. We got two loyal listeners right now. I bet you it's Nate and Sean. <laughs> Yeah, John dipped out. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Man, John dipped out. We get a, didn't even get a chance to talk kickers. Oh, <laughs> get your boy back on, shot. <laughs> All right, so let's jump. Uh, are we? You want to do Logan Thomas and Curtis Samuels? I think we did a little bit of that. Okay. So what about the next one? Uh, that's kickers. Let's do it. All right. 
No, it's not showing. There you go. Kicker issues. Sly got hurt, and uh, Washington signed Brian Johnson off of the Bears practice squad. Who? I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. It's like we're doing this again. It's uh, We finally got a kicker who was like lights out. I don't think he'd miss a kick. He had not missed an extra point. Oh, wait. He, he got one blocked. He got one, one blocked on Monday blocked. night. Yeah. yeah so, you know? Uh, and it's like, and then he busts his hammy running after the guy. I think, well, part of this, and here you go, Nate. We still pay attention. Why are we going after this guy on the Bears roster when the Ravens have a guy who was like lights out in preseason once again, as we keep talking about learning from Justin Tucker? And I feel like, didn't we say a guy like, was it Josh Lembo, Lambo? Lambo. Is a is a free agent, so I'm a little bit surprised, especially since we he got hurt on a Monday, and we had a guy signed by Tuesday afternoon. So like in didn't 12 even hours, like, they they like it's like they didn't even like research at all. They were like, uh, eh. well, see, like <laughs> see, you know, I'm gonna go glass half full here and say like they knew who they who they were wanted to get next, maybe because like how did they how did they know to get this guy without any tryouts? Like we just said pluck. You're our new kicker for the next three weeks. Um, so I don't know. I'm, yeah, I don't have that high hopes, I'll be honest, on this one. He was, what was it, um, eight of eight in the preseason with the Saints this, this past year, but he missed three of his extra point attempts. So I don't know what I don't know what that means. Wait, who? Who you're talking about Brian, Brian Johnson? Brian Johnson, yeah. He was with the Saints this this preseason. He okay. went eight of eight on, on field goals. But missed all three, or not all three, but missed three extra points. Oh, is he a young guy or what? Don't know that. Okay. Well, but I do know, for some reason, you know, this team, either we love ex-Panthers or we love local players. He played, he kicked at Virginia Tech, and I think he went to Gonzaga High School, whereas, like, Chris Blewett went to, like, West Potomac or someplace in Springfield. So, like, we keep... I want to let them know, hey, guys, we don't have to go to Carolina for for next player, and we don't have to pick the local kid just to come in and play kicker for us. We can use all 50 states. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, this should have been like like a lover or a hater for us because, honestly, I don't like it either. Yeah. I think uh, when you have a chance, if you have a chance, you go – and get um, you go and get someone with experience, especially when you're trying to make a run. Like, and this is something that is important because I'm trying to tell you when you're making a run, you're about to go into division games, and like every everything matters right now, and you're just throwing like it's like you're basically saying maybe he's good, maybe he's not. I think um, I think they may be thinking too strategically right now instead of more like logically, if that makes sense. So I think they're like, so strategically, I really feel Ron Rivera 
like is like thinking front office wise whenever he's thinking trying to uh thinking strategically and trying to get these players that nobody knows of, nobody heard of or anything like that. And he's like, I'm trying not to get the cap. So like trying not to uh, like maybe it's like a cap issue or something like that. But no, he just needs to like be like, okay, think like logically and be like, we need a kicker that's not going to lose games for us because I guarantee you this is probably another blue right here. This is probably another blue right here, and it's it's gonna bother me, bro. It really is. Um, you said that there was a a player on the Ravens. Um, I don't know his name. The backup kicker for the Ravens. Uh, I bet you, I bet you, they have him protected on their practice squad. So that's why we couldn't get him. That's a good point. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Who's uh who's who's this here? I can't see who's asking. Sign Cody Parkey. Are you able to see? Uh yeah, give me a second. Uh that's John Lenny. He came back. Oh, oh you back. John, you like Cody Parkey? Tell us more. Yeah, why hear more? Yeah, okay. He said is if we keep Scott he's just around then my boyfriend. That's enough. John B. Oh, that's one. Okay. Uh, he said he's kidding. No. Um, legitimate. Like we need, we need. Like I think Lambo would have been a great, a great pick. You know, he he's not lights out, but I don't think he'll miss any 40, 40 45 yard uh, field goals. You know what I'm saying? So. Like that, and that's right there is what you don't want. You don't want them missing those for sure. Like you don't want the you don't want us to make fifty yards down the field just for you to miss the field goal. That that will drain the momentum out of this team. And we got a lot of momentum. We really do. We and like that will just mess things up. So this, especially nobody's heard of Brad Johnson since uh, he played for the Redskins when he was our quarterback. So <laughs> so here's what we can do, though. He needs to be wearing number 14 so all those fans can pull out their jerseys out of their closets and show up to FedEx Field with their Brad Johnson jerseys. And I think at that time, since we had Trey Johnson on the team, it even says B. Johnson on, on most of those jerseys. <laughs> They can dust them off the closet and wear them again. This could work out work out well. It's perfect. I know. I need to go on eBay and get a new jersey. Those old school jerseys. Oh, I hope my wife heard man. me say that. I hope she heard me say that. I need another jersey. How many you got right now, bro? I think three or four. I got to put one or two uh, back on the on eBay because I got one where he said it was an XL. It fits like a medium. Oh. <laughs> I was like, "What? What is this?" He's like, "Flex on it." Yeah, So I gotta, I gotta put that back out for someone else to have. <laughs> I do have, I, I have, right before the draft, since Chase Young wore not wore number two, 
A lot of people thought he'd wear 92, so I ran out and got an Albert Gainsworth jersey so that on the draft night, we were on a Zoom with some friends, and I was like, here we go, got my Chase Young jersey. And then they're like, we can see it says Albert Gainsworth through the back there. (laughs) Hey, did I tell you that um, I got a Chase Young Redskins jersey? Yes, you did. Yes, and I'm jealous. I want to take it to the game so bad, but I'm like, I don't trust nobody around this mug. <laughs> no, it was the, when they see Redskins written right here, people might grab that off you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sean knows I ain't no punk, though. So he knows it's going to be a whole bunch of people sleep <laughs> grabbing on my jersey. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Um, oh, do you want to talk about the kicker issue, why we didn't go for uh... – Yeah, what do you think? You were there. What was happening in the stands? We can kind of hear what, what we heard on the broadcast. Would you have gone for a kick? To me, it's um, it's not high it, – there's not a high probability of us making that kick. One – um, and you pointed this out to me that I didn't even know, but or it's not that I didn't even know. I just didn't even uh, calculate it into my uh, perspective. <laughs> Real quick, Sean, this is what Sean said. <laughs> Aha, uh-huh. if they go after abs, he's <laughs> taking a bunch of them with him. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm taking everybody with me. <laughs> All right, so the kicker situation. One, you pointed this out, This and this is another reason why this wouldn't happen. Uh, Trustway is um, a, he, he's, he's not left-handed, but a left kick, left-legged. Left leg, he's left legged, so you just don't throw anybody else out there to place to be a placeholder. Uh, placeholding is uh, it takes practice, and I and like I said uh, in uh, on Facebook, if you don't practice placeholding, you're you're not going to run. The, you're not going to be. You're not going to be playing. You're not going to be. Prepared to take over, and like people are just like, uh, Trustway couldn't kick a 20 yard field goal. Obviously, you know that that's what they wanted to do, but they probably were well prepared for fourth down situations than they were for backup kicker, backup placeholder. And there's also a timing issue that no one wants to factor in. If everyone paid attention to, uh, the preseason, we did not make any field goals because of timing issues between the our new our new long snapper and uh, his kicker. And even though, even though that it didn't work out uh, with uh, Dustin Hopkins, that was the issue in the preseason: is that their timing was not the same it was off and people and i just don't understand people that are 
complaining, bitching, saying, arguing that there's uh, that they're going to they should have kicked the field goal when they can't make a field goal themselves. One, two, that is just that they don't even understand that football is about being prepared for a situation. And I'm trying to tell people that there's no way that they're prepared for this their kicker getting um their kicker getting hurt you know it's just it's just and then keep in mind they just had a kick blocked just had a kick blocked but then all of a sudden everyone's arguing kick a field goal with a backup kicker backup um placeholder it's just what like naturally anybody would be gun shy and it's uh, you have to also add in the factor that it was a close game. I understand if it was if we had like maybe uh, seven seven to ten points on them, but there is but we didn't. There was no way for us to, like for us to because they would have if what if they blocked it again? Now they're back in the damn game. And is that what we really want? No. You guys have to think when y'all say this stuff, man. It just understand football is like y'all really can't sit there and expect things from backup people especially when they're not prepared for you said it so well you said it so well and i listened to sports talk the the day after on tuesday and so many fans were coming and saying we couldn't make the 20-yard field goal first off what you said is it's so correct about game situation we just had a blocked field goal return for a touchdown and we are leading by eight points right yeah you know so yes a field goal would put it out of out of range there but we also you know you don't get it on fourth down and you're trusting your defense whereas if you get the field goal blocked you know who knows where the ball where they get the ball you know or or even if if they return all the way again you know so it's 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 all about that and preparation so trust way, and this would be like the Trump card for everyone because we didn't know this at the time, but he got interviewed after the game and, and he's so colorful and fun. And he said when he had to to kick off in his head out there, he said, he goes, I said, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. OK, I got to kick it. So if he was saying that about a ball that's sitting there stationary on a tee, what do you think in his mind is going on something that is going so fast? on kicking. Can he make a 20-yard field goal? Yes. Can he make a 20-yard field goal in that situation with defenders coming or diving at him to block it? I don't know about that. And and I think go like you said going for on fourth down is a it makes more sense. And there was a time one of the drives, I think we had a penalty. And Heineke looked over the sidelines and Ron told him we're going for two here. So, or, and so basically what he was telling, not like going for, for um, a two-point conversion, but he was saying, we've got two plays here. So be smart with where you're throwing this on third down because we're going for it again. Right. You know, so basically telling you don't have to get it all right now. You can get a five-yard pass and we'll make it up. And that's exactly what they did. You know, and then they scored a touchdown, but the refs didn't want to give it to us because Vegas <laughs> wants better uh, better numbers and better ratings. But sure, that you know, that's besides the point. So. <laughs> Well said, man. Well said. Like it's uh like you're absolutely right. The pressure of the people don't add the pressure of the game into uh how they think about 
what should be done. And, and that is so, so important, guys. Like, I can't stress that enough, is that the pressure and then barely, barely, I'll say barely at the most, practicing uh, backup kicker, backup placeholder, like barely practicing that. And and then, and just like you said, um, just previously got blocked. So, and if you if you really think about it, it just got black uh, blocked before and ran back. Like you know what I'm saying? What if that? What if he went for a field goal? It got blocked and he ran it back for a touchdown. It's mm-hmm. not two points Again. this time. It's a touchdown this time. Now yeah. it's a different ball game. Yep. Well, this it looks like is this, I'm wondering if this is John. So he said he understands the holder situation. He he believes it's a valid concern. It's worth noting, although I don't think many 22-yard field goals get blocked, like even fewer than 33-yard extra points. I I don't know the stats, so I can't argue against you. The only thing I can say is the coaches will know best than all of us what they felt comfortable with or what the players felt comfortable with. Like as you know, we said Tressway was kind of freaking out about it just a kickoff. Maybe he's like told Rob, like, yeah, I'll do it. But, you know, what's this? And even if he misses from 22 yards, Seattle has to drive 75 yards to tie the game, provided they don't return it, you know. And, and but, you know. but they just – they literally, when we missed the uh, touchdown, they drove it that damn far anyway. So what are you uh-huh. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 it – you act like it's a like it's Russell Wilson, bro. Yeah. Like for real. And then you have to realize the how Washington plays when it's like the last two minutes of the game. They play soft, yes. so soft. So it's not so basically Russell Wilson will find a way to go down the length of the field, even though and he just did it there. So I this point right here, I don't understand. I don't understand what your point is. They would still have to go 75-plus yards. He did go 75-plus yards to make a touchdown afterwards. So what is the point here? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to – we've, we've belabored the kicking situation quite, quite a bit here. Um, let's see. So we're going to move on to our next segment. I guess I'll be going solo for right now. Um, Ab will be right back, I'm sure. But the next segment, it's our longest running, is like it, love it, or... Hated it! (laughs) Thank you. Came back (laughs) just in time. (laughs) So it looks like the very first topic under like it, love it, hate it is the last 10 minutes of the game and how we played it. Ab, we'll start with you. What are you? What do you? What did you think of that? The last ten minutes. So honestly, this was a telltale song for me, and honestly, this will probably be a little short because it gets right to the point. This is how we're going to play football now, guys. We're going to play like the last ten minutes showed like we had the lead, and what we're going to do is run the ball and run the ball to make sure that we run out the clock and. Um, and um and ha- and depend on our defense uh, if they get the ball back. So uh, we had we just discussed how um, 
Antonio Gibson had 29 carries. 29 carries means he's control. We're controlling the clock, and honestly, that is so perfect. It really is. It's like it. It's a hard. It's very hard to come back under pressure, and when you're actually hurried to actually uh, go down the field under in under two minutes, even though it's hard it's still it's possible but we did this with tampa bay and it was phenomenal that like what was it 19 plays um and we took up literally the whole quarter just doing that and it was a thing i haven't seen from this team in a while and and honestly it was, the strategy was awesome. And that's another thing that I didn't see in a while is that this strategy is the it's a high probability of winning when we do this. And to me, I I like it. And I especially with a quarterback that's uh so so. So I I'm I'm with it, guys. This is this is our this is how we're gonna play football from now uh, right uh from now on. We get a lead, and then in the fourth quarter, we're running the ball and holding on to the ball and making sure that we get this W. Yeah, I think this is the way they've, they've wanted to to have the team set up. I mean, I think they wanted ball control. You know, we, we talked about preseason. What was our, our strength of, of the offense? It was our running backs. You know, let's let's – you know, feed the feed the strength, and then we can be developing our our passing game. So I, I think it definitely, you know, like you said, it is correct. We're not going to have a, a sexy offense right now. You know, we're not going to be that three three four plays down the field and we've got a touchdown and when we're ready to go, you know, kick off again. It's it, we're going to be methodical. Um, what I didn't like about maybe it wasn't necessarily the last ten minutes, but it was the third quarter and even part of the fourth is. And this is where I'm going as a guy I praise. I got really frustrated watching our play calling when we had three straight drives that we, we got stopped on third down, third and short on handoffs, and, and, and we couldn't get the first down. I think back to Doc Walker. He used to always make this, this phrase here during the games, and it's, it's kind of crude what he says, but in a game like this, the last 10 minutes you have to leave, he would get on the broadcast and say, this is where you step on their neck and essentially saying is put the game away here, you know? Yeah. And we had opportunities to put the game away several times because while the, it was a one score, one touchdown, eight point game, it, it felt like it was like 28 to seven, you know, at least that's how I felt like, like we're dominating this game. Seattle's offense is terrible. Like I'm not worried about them. You know, I'm not worried about us losing this game. And, but we just couldn't put them away, you know? Um, and obviously, yes, the kicker situation played into it because we could have kicked a field goal, put the healthy kicker and moved on. But <clears throat> I was frustrated with three straight handoffs that the defense was stopping on three consecutive drives. And I feel like we've got a quarterback who's mobile. Why are we doing some RPO? Why aren't we doing some play action? Heck, why are we doing a, a boot? So if the whole defense is keying up on our on our running back and stopping him, why aren't we doing something else to throw a wrinkle um, into it? Because I hate it. We kept giving them a chance. Obviously, it didn't turn out to anything, but we just – I was frustrated with turnaround on that. We just – like I said, we kept giving them a chance to get the ball back. 
Um, no, uh, you're not wrong. It was it was pretty bad. Like they they get too cautious and go bland all of a sudden. So honestly, I think before the last three games, they've been bland as shit just in regular play calling. But honestly, they just reverted back to uh, just the end of the court and <laughs> in, in uh, the end of the fourth. And that's when they get really, really bland in their play calling is like they're not trying to win. They're just they're trying not to lose. And there's a difference, guys. And honestly, it's just it. I think you need to play to win all the time. And it's not just like not just the beginning of the game all the time. You need to play to win. So it's a it's a very big difference, just like you said, Will. Um, it really is. Yeah, yeah. Here's a good point. Sean says right here. You know, like he was talking about what you said. We literally took up eight minutes of the clock, drove the length of the field, and and came away with a touchdown review. Which I still I thought he caught it. I thought he had his hands underneath it. Me too. Um, enough. To, and I was really surprised that they called it a touchdown on the field. How how often do they reverse that? They refs don't seem to like to like correct themselves these days. Well, they can't, and that so they call touchdown on the field. But to me, I don't even think the video showed that he didn't catch it. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. like, and that is the rule essentially. That the rule is if um, the video has it has to be clear cut. The video shows that the opposite of what is called on the field, and it right. wasn't. It right. wasn't. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally was like, well, I mean, we celebrated. Uh, Sean Sean had that Logan Thomas text. I mean, I was just like, all right, well, we got this. That's a good win. And then, you know, when they say the call on the field is reversed, what? <laughs> <laughs> it really seemed like they were trying to have Seattle win. Like, honestly, like, they reversed that call. They reversed the call with the onside kick. Like, it just seemed like. Listen uh, here. <laughs> Vegas moved Seattle plus two on Monday. So, yeah, you're darn right there. The refs didn't call that a touchdown. They gave <laughs> Russell Wilson every opportunity to to, to score and, and, and fix that game. And if uh, uh, not Fuller uh, if Fuller didn't uh, get that interception, they probably would have called pass interference or something like that. And, uh, <laughs> see? see? Feed the conspiracy. Let, it, let, let you breathe that in. <laughs> I'm feeling the conspiracy, bro. I really am. But that's, you, you bring up a great point, though. I mean, that, that interception by Fuller is, was a phenomenal play. Because he was with his guy, and then he let the safety take him. Cam curled right there, so he peeled off his guy because whoever was covering uh, DK, I think it was Danny Johnson, he was beat. DK was – no, no. Whoever he was throwing to, Fuller was covering DK, and he let him go and stayed right in the middle because whoever that throw was intended for, I can't remember who it is, he saw it coming, and he, he anticipated it. I mean, that was a huge play. By someone who who's starting to play a lot better, but we we I mean, we've given Kendall Fuller a lot of crap for playing as bad as he has. Uh, comment to be fair, the onside kick uh, went Washington football's way. Um, to me, if it went our way, then they wouldn't have re-kicked it. So um, no, so because well because Seattle recovered the ball. 
So this is, I didn't have the broadcast because I didn't know this. So apparently the new rule was that as of last year, maybe, was you cannot have somebody in the hashes other than the kicker. Right. And that's where they were because they're trying to keep it even on both sides to eliminate, you know, odd man crashes. And that's what we got bailed out on is, is their guy was in the, when he did the, like, he went to his right and he kicked it left. Their guy was sitting in the, in the, between the hashes. And so they had to re-kick it, which I had no idea. They threw a penalty. I'm like, what are you calling a penalty on here? But, but to me, like I said, now I'll repeat what I said. To me, to me, it just wouldn't have been like, you know what I'm saying? The game probably would have been over for me. Like, or like a ten, give the ball to Washington where the, uh, where the penalty happened. And then, uh, will need the ball uh kneel until the time uh time runs out like i i don't think you should like because again you're basically saying try again seattle try again to see if you get an onside kick and that that to me is you're still giving them another chance to do it so i hear you i hear you so what doesn't make sense to me about the rules is if you have a legal touching so if you go down and touch it before the 10 yards you, you know, the, the kicking team is penalized and the other team gets the ball. Why is it if you're lined up, you get to re-kick? Like, what's the difference in their ruling as to why they, what's a re-kick and what's not? Right. Right. Like, um, what, what do they say? If, um, was it the 10, uh, 10 second drawn out rule or something like that, that they do? Like if, uh, if there was a penalty, um, I, I forget, but just it, I, I don't. 10 second runoff? Yeah, the 10 second runoff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's funny to me also. So I, I don't know. And it's just, uh, I just didn't like the whole, it was just too damn close at the end and it just gave me a heart oh, attack yeah. and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was unnecessary. But at the same, let me, one thing too. Well, Washington should teach their guys the on the kickoff. The people kicking, the players kicking off, or the team kicking off has to wait ten yards before the ball comes over. You don't have to wait ten yards in order yes. to go for the ball. And they did it twice. So, so the replay was great on this. So the linebacker Jordan. Kuna sick. I can't pronounce his last name. The ball was bouncing, and his role is to block the guy coming so the guy behind him can get it. But the ball's bouncing to him, and he literally ducks and let the ball go right over his back because he didn't just want to go. <laughs> I saw this, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and that's and that's what blows my mind is, and, and honestly, people question what what I know and everything like that. I know that much. I know that. Like if the ball, like to me, I uh, if, and I made this argument in one of the groups that uh, we all share and everything like that is that if you don't know the rules, it's hard for you to be great at a sport. And to me, I and that's what makes Peyton Manning so good to me, Tom Brady so good to me. They know the rules like they're like they're a coach on the field. And that's it to me. It's just it's mind blowing that these guys they're like, for, and again, a situation that they practice don't know like 
don't know this one, like this yeah. onside kick rule. So I don't know. It it, it bothers me. It really yeah. does. Yeah, look at Sean saying that that Dan Snyder gets a gift from the NFL gods. <laughs> if only, if only we had an owner that people liked that we would get things going our way. I wish. I wish. So let's see here. What's the next like it, love it, or hate it? Three game win streak. Let's see here. Duh. <laughs> Duh. I, I like it, love it. I think that brings in another one of uh, these right here. Yes, sir. <laughs> you you're learning will you're learning how to use this now i, I figured it out i figured it out. i got all the controls now okay <laughs> three nah, game win streak definitely definitely doing awesome honestly i love it love it love it it puts us back into playoff contention right now we hold the seventh place in uh the playoffs we went from 12 to 7 guys that's how big of a deal this win was. So, like, pay attention. Pay attention. Now we control our own destiny. If we went out, we win the division. I think – let me say that again it's for, for people in the back. If we win out, we win the division. And you guys are talking about, well, Dallas is this, Dallas is that. If we win out – that means we we faced Dallas two times, and guess how many games back we are on Dallas? Two. Mm-hmm. So if we went if we went out and we beat Dallas twice, we'll have a better record. Even if we tie them, we'll have a better record than them, and we win the division. So guys, pay attention. Like we. And even if, and I'm not saying we need to win every single game, because we don't. We we're, we still hold our own destiny. Right now, this, that's the significance of this. We're in the seventh place. Right now, seventh place gets into the playoffs. And right here, right now, that means we, we just need to do somewhat decent the rest of the year. And we we're making the playoffs. Well, and and I'm looking here. So I I was looking at the Dallas place Thursday night. I think they've got you know I think it's in New Orleans they've got it. They've got some easy games. So I was like, oh, they're gonna win. But I think if I saw correctly, so they they've got all this COVID going on in Dallas, and I think they might have. Is it Ben McAdoo is gonna be their head coach yep. on Thursday night? <laughs> Mr. Gross mustache, slick back hair. He looks like a sex offender as an NFL head coach. I couldn't stand that guy in New York. It's disgusting. Wait, he's going to be their head coach? So apparently he's been a consultant for them. Right. Because so, Mike McCarthy's out. I guess there's other coaches. So he's going to come down and be their head coach. I didn't think it was going to be head coach. I thought they got uh... – the guy from the Falcons to be their head coach. Dan and Quinn, he, well, that would that would make sense. But let me see here real quick. I thought if I, yeah. I just read it before the show started. Yeah, I saw that they were going to bring him down to be a coach, 
Oh, okay, not, okay. Not the coach, the head coach. Okay, you're right. Yeah, to assume a coaching role for Saints game. All right, all right, all right. So I might have got myself ahead of myself. But um, if but the Falcons guy is still pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Dan Quinn as as a head coach, yeah, not not too good, <laughs> not too good. Uh, but staying on topic, there, yeah, I'm, I'm digressing a little bit. No, you're right. I mean, three game win streak. You know, it's like we said. Can we put ourselves in a position to make a run? Sean said it the week. He woke up on December 1st all excited, and he said, why? Because it's December and we're playing meaningful football. You know, you can't ask for much more than that. All right, let's see here. All right, so there was a story that – this is a rumor that came out here. So basically we said name drops, Commanders versus Red Wolves. Did you have a chance to, to see the rumors or – or see the things. Well, I sent so uh, you brought up the um, the tweet of the commanders one, and I brought mm-hmm. up I brought up the one that said um, Red Wolves. So that means you can't trust shit out there, y'all. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. so to me, like honestly, it's still up in the air. But literally, um, so the tweets that we're talking about is someone claiming to have a source inside of like Nike or new era. And basically they're saying that uh, they're um, they are mass producing commanders or red wolves gear for Washington. And that they're putting that out onto our, onto the pages on the uh, Washington football pages and everything like that. And I'm like, man, you guys are really trying to freak people out out here. <laughs> but you're like to everybody that's paying attention, like that's actually listening. We all know that we that means you can't you can't trust these words that's being put out right now. Um, we we began the season, we began our shows basically telling you guys that Washington will come out with a name in early uh 2022. And now people are trying to cash in on that. So early 2022 is a few weeks away, guys. So just pay attention. It's coming soon. So we'll have our names soon, guys. Yeah, and I mean, I, the, it's easy to to trust these because I'm pretty sure in this situation, no reporter is going to, if they find out what the name is, I don't think it's going to leak that way. I think they're going to give the team – the chance to announce it. So the only way to really find this out is if there's some type of like uniform that gets noticed or something like this, a production of, of hats. Um, so it's a great story. It's a great enough to, to get us all excited. If I had though to pick between the two, I, I mean, we keep saying it's like, I'm preparing myself for it to be commanders. I don't want it to be, but I'm preparing myself for it. But I did right before the show. I read something, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and listen to it. So apparently, longtime Washington reporter Rick Snyder has he said it a week ago, and he said it again, I guess today, that there will not be a team name of the Wolves, and the reason being is they're running into trademark issues. Not saying that they that he's heard from them that they can't get this because of trademark, but because either. It's Arkansas, or he even said the Minnesota Timberwolves have a whole bunch of trademarks on the name Wolves, and trying to get one of those is going to be a challenge. 
I got to listen to him about this. And, and I do like Rick Snyder. I don't think he ever says anything that he's not like in agreement with or feels like it's vetted. But I just have, I can't see Daniel Snyder making, if he's a part of a lifetime change of a, of a franchise, being concerned about trademarks or money or anything. Like, I just, I can't see that being a reason why we say trademark's going to be tough to get that. We probably shouldn't go with Red Wolves. Let's go Commanders instead. Like, I just, I don't think he'd do that. I hate that. <laughs> That's like, to me, so I guess I look at it differently. I think Dan Snyder is more stubborn than that. And, uh, I think he's more of like more like Jerry Jones than I think we all want don't want to admit to, but I think he thinks money solves everything. So to me, like even if it's a trademark with like what the Timberwolves, how much to come up off of those Timberwolves names uh, and everything like that? I don't think he would accept defeat that easy. Like I I, I don't know. Um, that's just me. So that's just uh yeah, I and I'm and I'm praying that that's how he is. I'm praying that he's that conceited and everything like yes. that to just be like money will solve everything. How mm-hmm. much can I give you to make this go away? That's <laughs> his MO as owner. That's what he's done. You know, so I agree. I agree. It's like if that's it's like if there's one thing about Snyder, there's, there's two things that at one point, and now they stopped. Was he's going to outspend everyone for his team, you know? But they've kind of changed that in free agency. But it's is he really going to let his not get a name because of because of money because of trademark? I'm with you. I I find that hard to believe. Right. So I'm just hoping that he stays true to himself and acts the same way when it comes to this name. And yeah. not just be like, well, Commanders is affordable. No, I don't want to hear none of that shit. No. Just, no. <laughs> just, I agree. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> just don't make it Commanders. Right. All right, moving all right. on. Yeah. You doing it? Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Preview to Las Vegas versus Washington. Go ahead, bro. All right. So... Raiders are an interesting team. They started out 3-0. and They go on like hot streaks. They go up and down. They're hot and cold. So they started out 3-0, and lost two. Then they won two in a row, and then they've lost three, and then they lost three in a row before they just beat the Cowboys. But part of that was because they lost their head coach, you know, and they were kind of trying to find their identity, you know, with the, the new guy taking over. And, you know, it's – as much as a POS is, is we're finding out that Gruden was, he probably, you know, did have some, some knowledge there and, and have a good pulse on his team and he was building something there. So losing him certainly has been a detriment for him. They're a dangerous team. They, um, they have the ability to score. Uh, Derek Carr, which who we kind of poo-pooed this offseason. I'm like, would you pay, would you trade a second round pick for Derek Carr? I might come back and say, yeah, I would have after if I'd known that he would play this way. Yeah, I would have. Um, he played he this are... way last year, bro. Did he? Yeah, he was good last year. People, he is literally the most underrated player in the league. Like people yeah. shit on him, 
But this dude is constant 4,000 yards. Like, he was one of the better quarterbacks last year. And, well, I'd say, I mean, you're right. I mean, because he's already at 3,400 yards, and it's December 1st. Like, he's having himself a good year. You know, they've got they've got a running game. Jacobs, you know, is at 400, so he's probably a little down from what he did last year, but he's still capable. But what I see from them and where I get a little bit concerned on all, for us on defense is their offense. You know, they've got a slot guy, Hunter Renfro, that are, that leads the team in catches. Legit. They've got a tight end, you know, who is um, – I'm not sure if he's – he got hurt against Dallas, so I don't know if Darren Waller is going to be able to play. He's doubtful. Doubtful. That helps us out because the tight end could, could kill us. You know, they've got South Carolina boy Brian Edwards, who's a better pro than he was in college. And then did you see – did you see the, the Redskins killer, Deshaun Jackson, with his touchdown catch – against the Cowboys where he took the slant and all the way. So Deshaun Jackson's back with the, with the Raiders. Did I see that play? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. 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 And it's like, man, now we got to go up against Deshaun again. Like I thought we got over that when he left and went to the Rams and then now we got to go face him. So I'm a little worried about Deshaun Jackson, not going to lie, but also their defense, you know, they've got Ngakwe with eight sacks. Crosby with five sacks and pressures. So they're a formidable opponent. And and it's hard to, to see. Like they've been on the downswing, but have they figured things out? Because they've got the players to be a good team and make this really difficult on us. So Derek Carr is not the issue. So I just wanted to say that. Like a lot of people are um, are down on him. I just I do not think he's the issue. He's never been the issue there. It's his supporting cast. And um he talked about the issues of uh, uh Renfro is a legitimate, legitimate player, guys. And like honestly, and he throws to him like 10 times a game, like l- literally 10 times a game. And we'll talk about this later on how um, to uh, how we're going to win this game. But um, they got uh, Josh Jacobs, legitimate uh, running back, uh, top ten quarter, uh, top ten running back, and Renfro. Uh, he'll probably make the Pro Bowl this year, honestly. And he he might be undrafted. Must I want to say? I'm not too positive, but. The dude is good. The dude is good, especially after Ruggs uh, left. So um, this this team is good, but they're inconsistent. And we um, we either can cash in on that or we're going to get blown out. Like, it's not even something in the middle. It's one of the two. And it's just um, – I I just like you will you're talking about um Deshaun Jackson. I'm scared of the long ball. I and when I say this guy throws the long ball effort effortlessly, it's is that's who I envision a good quarterback. That's what I want for Taylor Heineke. Like this, like the way he flicks the ball is like it's no effort. And I it's comparable, to, and I'll even say this, and I'll I'll say it proudly. It's comparable to Aaron Rodgers, how he just throws the ball down the field and 
like 60 yards down the field like it was nothing. And this guy has it. And he's underrated. And he, he could do damage, guys. And I'll tell you the truth. He is not the reason why this team uh, this team is in flux. It's definitely everything else, i.e. defense. So, tough game, guys. Tough game. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right. So let's see here then. Do you have keys? I don't. I don't. Jingling, 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 jingling. Keys to victory. <laughs> you want to go first? I'll, yeah, I'll go. Uh, yeah. Keys to victory here. Uh, honestly, one, play like we've been playing. Running the ball and letting our defense handle it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, do not give Derek Carr time to pass the ball. Literally get to him two, two and a half seconds. And that's, that is essential. I think you need to pick, uh, I was, uh, if they still have Leatherwood in, uh, on the offensive line, um, you need to target that man because that's who they were shitting on all the time is Leatherwood. He just is a rookie. Honestly, make it a bad day for him and just get to Derek Carr. I think he needs sacks to get Derek Carr to get his attention and everything like that. I think you need to double team uh Renthro. Uh the guy, like I said, he's legit. You don't he's and honestly, Derek that his that is Derek Carr's go-to now that uh Waller is out, most likely out. So you need to double team Renthro and force him to throw to everybody else. Uh, I, I don't say uh, – I do not say deep throw to Deshaun Jackson. I don't think that's a high probable catch, even though they do work out well. I don't think you double-team Deshaun Jackson. You do de- uh, double-team Murthrow, um, and you force Derek Carr to use all the other wide receivers to beat you. And Edwards, um, I don't even know. There's one more guy I had on my mind, but I forget. But that's what you need to do. Yeah, I, I think you, you brought some great points. Um, you know, when it comes to if, if, if we need to target Leatherwood, we've got the two guys to do it, Allen and Payne and coming right up the gut. So I'm pretty sure he's a guard. So, you know, let's let's get some pressure on Derek's face. I agree with you. I think we need to take away one of their two options uh, on offense. And I think we have a better chance of taking away the run game than we do the pass game based on how our defense plays. So if we can remove that as an option for them and have them focus more on passing, like you said, if we can focus on, on Renfro, we can control some of the others. But, you know, I, I think if we don't win this game, it's going to be because, you know, he, he torches us in the pass game um, on offense. With their two bookends, Ngakwe and Crosby, I'm a little nervous about our two tackles, especially, you know, we got Lucas going up again. He's, he's played pretty well, but I'm a little nervous about those. And I think we need to be relying on the run game and short, quick passes to eliminate them getting a chance to get there because we've got late developing plays that Heineke has to sit on in order to, to go. So I, I think if we can do that early, we can force – 
you know, Heineke will get more comfortable. We can force them to make some adjustments and then we can take our shots, but we've got to go quick first, you know, out the gate and, and not give them a chance to put that pressure on us. Tyler Heineke can't uh, hold on to the ball long. He really can't. Um, yes. He is notorious for that. And I think they know that too. So like I, he just cannot do that. Yep. Like these Houdini tricks that he gets out of these sacks he's been doing recently, that's not going to last, guys. It really isn't because they're going to be like, oh, he's just ducking and he's going to get injured. I can I can see it coming soon, knock on wood. But it's just, I, I, guys, it's this is not sustainable and he needs to, he needs to change that. So we'll we'll uh we'll we'll definitely see that was good will good job man i agree with everything you said man all right so let's go to predictions all right what you got let's see i think we're gonna win i actually think we need to put points up on the board because i think they're they're like you said at any point they can score and they can score quickly um I'm going to say 24-21, Washington. I I agree with you. I think we will win. I do think we need to put points on the board also. So I'm going to say 41-31, Washington. That would be a fun game. It would. That would be a fun game to watch. <laughs> Yes, I I think we need like, – I really feel like that we need to put up the most points we had all year in this game in order yeah. to them. I think, I think you got a good point. I think they're going to get their points. We just need to get more. Yeah. I like it. All right. Fantasy. Ugh. Let me go see here. My team was terrible. <laughs> Nate whooped me last night, last week. Did he? He whooped me. So the thing about Nate that people don't understand, Nate started off at the bottom of our fantasy league and everything. And Nate said, I had enough. I had enough. <laughs> and started making these drug deal trades with everybody in the league <laughs> to try to make his team better. And it's, it's working. He's actually trading with people and he traded with me once and everything like that. But I think I got the better end of the trade. Tell you the truth. But these trades are making Nate's team better and people are still continuing to trade with him. So Good job, Nate. Yeah, yeah. So I just saw how how did I get Alex Madison? If I'm second to the top right now, how did I get the gonna be starting running back for the for the Vikings? How did no one pick him up? Uh I don't know if I tried to or not. I might have. Oh no, I probably didn't even try to because I got I got legitimately three of the top ten running backs in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I got Swift. I got Swift. I got uh Elliot. 
I got uh, Mixon. Oh, Mixon had himself a game last yeah. week. And I have Mitchell, too, from 49ers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and my boy Debo's out. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so done. Now I got to yeah, start T. Higgins. Come on. <laughs> See? Yeah. Oh, this is gonna be rough this week. I played Janae. I could probably, I could probably release uh, uh, Buffalo's kicker. I don't think I need to be holding on to him anymore. Yeah, don't I don't know I why him. you hold on to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, so I got crushed last week by Nate. I was doing so well, 80, 184 to one fifty three. I didn't have a chance even going into Monday night. I needed uh, Logan Thomas to have a huge day, and that did not happen. All right, so I'm not even going to pull it up because I don't even know how to show it on the screen, so I'm just going to talk. Yep. All right, so let's talk football. Okay, standings. We have two stand- We have two divisions, like we- like I said last week. Uh, Will is still number one, and one game back on Will is your boy DMV Superman. Hello, I'm, I'm one game back on Will. Um, after me is Sean Double Deuces, he's uh three games back, and after after Sean is uh Delilah. In the Dirty South, Nate is number one in the division with a seven and five record. Like I said, Nate was like he lost like the first three games, guys. Yeah, this boy, like this boy, came up, up, you know. Good things out. So drug deal trades. Yeah, I said drug deal trades, Nate. <laughs> yes, you did drug deal trades, bro. <laughs> Oh, Sean Spencer. Brace uh, 21-19 Washington. That's his guess, okay? I like it. I like it. And then he's shouting out to you, Will. Let's talk some trades, Will. I don't know if I need to because I'm just making moves right here left and right. I think I'm retooling my team here in a second. Ah, Sean, reach out to me. Let's see what we can do, bruh. I'm always open to try to make my team better. I need wide receivers, so you better come up off some wide receivers if you want to trade with me, bruh. All right, so Nathan Snell, number one in his division. That so it the top the top people in each division makes the, the uh, playoffs, and so that means Nate is number one in this division. So he's number two in the playoffs right now. And I think there's two more weeks left before the playoffs. You better kiss my ass. Cameron, he was number one. For so long, yeah. in his in his in his division, and Nathan just came up on him, like he's beating them by like hundred and fifty points. 
Like they're tied. Uh, they're yeah. tied. But Nathan is crushing it with 150 points. See, you know what it is? Cam is Dallas. Nate is is Washington. Cam peaked early. And then here comes Nate coming in with the better roster, coming late. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Ooh, I like the analogy. I like <laughs> the analogy. Coming up behind uh, Cameron is Janae. She was talking all that good shit at the beginning of the year, but <laughs> it's not working out so well for her now. But uh, she is only a game behind those two. So we still got two weeks. So anything's possible. Anything's possible. And then Nick Rosario, he's way back. Way, way, way back. <laughs> Last place in that division. There we go. I'm trying to do this. I'm making moves. Okay. Okay. All right, all right, all right. And that's it. I still two need top. a tight end. I mean, who, who plays with two tight ends? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I got I mean, some tight ends. Ten good tight trade. ends in the league. Is I got some tight ends. ends if you want to trade. Oh, I, I got some running backs if you need something. I need. I have running backs. Remember? Oh, that's right. Yes, you do. <laughs> I have like four. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait. I, I, yeah, yeah. I just need. I need wide receivers. So. Yeah, I need wide receivers. All right. Guys, you guys have anything else for us? You have any questions you want to ask us? Let's go. Uh, okay, Adams, got the Umbria available, you ass, man. He <laughs> said Cam is 7 and 5 as well. Yes, Nate, Cam is 7 and 5, but you're number one because you beat them in points. So. Just like if Baltimore and Cincinnati are they hold the same record, um, it will go to head. It'll go to the tiebreakers. So that's that's just the difference right now. So right now Baltimore is ahead, but if they tied, since Cincinnati beat out Baltimore, and I think they got one more time they play Baltimore, but if they before that happens, it will go to the tiebreaker, and that's face head to head. And since Cincinnati blew out Baltimore, they would automatically get the number one seed. Makes sense. It does. It does. Okay, my team is fine for now. Y'all are stingy and with these trades, yeah. you be making the dumb trades though. I like honestly, I'm not. I, <laughs> you, so he traded me. He traded me. <laughs> he traded me. Uh, Marquise Brown. I gave him Marquise Brown in like a multiple player trade, and then uh, Marquise got hurt, and then uh, had like a so-so game, and then he wanted to trade trade Marquise back to me. Mm -mm. Like you get what I'm saying? Uh huh. Like, and I'm like, bro, it, it, he gave me Renfro, um, the dude from Las Vegas. Oh. And so Renfro gets about 10, like 
I'm sorry, I'm exaggerating. He gets eight targets a game. Yeah. And yeah. he wants me to tr- like play for player, run throw back for Marquise. Uh-huh. No, no, there's, there's no, t- no takesy backsies. No. <laughs> At least up in your offer. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like if that's what you want to do, up up in your offer. But eight targets a game, bro, you it ain't about being stingy, it's about being smart. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, Nate. I love, I love, uh, Hank, uh, having fun with you. You're cool people's man. All right, and we're coming to the end of the show, guys. Um, it was a great show. It lasted two hours. I had a good time. What you, what you think? Well, I did. I enjoyed it. We we had a lot to talk about. It was an exciting win. Yes. Yes, we had a good turnout of people giving us interaction. Love I that. appreciate that. I do. I really like that. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, I gotta let you know that uh, I might not be able to be on next next Wednesday's show. Wow. So, uh, so my wife, we are at uh, thirty nine weeks pregnant right now. So our due date is December 9th. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if I'm if I'm able to come join next week. I, I'm kind of thinking I won't be available. <laughs> no, you will not be available. That <laughs> is definitely precedence, man. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Why is this the first time I'm hearing about it, bro? Yeah, I probably haven't talked about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, man. Yeah, adding number two. Another boy to the household. Another boy. Another boy. That's what's up, man. That is yeah. what's up. My daughter melts my heart. Like, she melts my heart. But I love my boys. I love my boys. I yeah. really do. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun, <laughs> fun playing with them. Yeah, it's, it's different. Like, different type of play and everything yeah. like that. Oh, my gosh. All kids are beautiful. All kids are awesome. Like, uh, mm-hmm. just like it's just something about boys, fathers and boys. It's, you I don't see know. yourself. Yeah. You know? A lot more. A lot more more so. So, uh, yeah. don't come after me, people. I'm just trying to tell you perspective, okay? Right. right. <laughs> Fatherhood will soften you. <laughs> I love all my babies, all my babies. They, I love them all. Yeah. All right, guys, we're about to head up out of here. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening with us for this long two hours of uh, Washington Football Weekly. Honestly, uh, my man Sean wanted to be here. He's in the comments. Honestly, he wishes he was here. He'll be here next time. Honestly, Will, thank you, bro. Honestly, I, I'm surprised your wife put up with you and us for this long while she's <laughs> pregnant. Like, tell her congratulations from us at Washington Football Weekly. We appreciate her for thank lending you. us her husband. Yeah, <laughs> you know? So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, uh, Will. Will, I'm not going to say eggplant. Kramer over there my name is Abs the shirtless wonder low bless you guys thank you so much Um, hold on I'm sorry we got questions (laughs) Uh, congratulations Will Sean was saying it too man thank you sir thank you congratulations to the Kramer clan 
And what's Sean said? Thanks, Trisha. She's the real MVP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's been a champ. She's been a champ. Yeah, she definitely is. She she's awesome. Thank you so much for lending us your husband, like I said. All right. Family and uh Nathan said it good too. Family comes first. Don't even worry about it. We'll hold it down. Honestly, you take your paternity leave like a champ, bro. You've been awesome. I plan on it. <laughs> All right. Uh, just make sure he supports Washington and Baltimore. Always, always. All right. Bless you guys. Thank you for attending our show. Sean will be here next week to hold it down. We'll figure out these technical difficulties in within the week. So we're going to uh, come. Uh, me and Sean will probably do it next time. But um, thank you so much. Guys, take care. You have a blessed. Hold on. I'm sitting here trying to get this at the same time. Uh, oh, wait. Before we leave, one last thing. We got to show you uh, this awesome defensive play. Um mm -hmm this awesome defensive play uh, that happened in the game. Okay. So this was awesome. Honestly, it's probably even better than the uh, um, DK Metcalf play that I was talking about before. This is some awesome defense. And honestly, I like this player uh, hats off to him hats off for this great play. Team from Wilson. Sit your ass down, boy. That's what kind of play that was, man. <laughs> Great damn play. Yep. Yes, it was. Fan of the game right there. I loved it. You loved it too, bro? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Saw it live, and I was like, yeah, just throw his ass back there. That was awesome. Awesome, yep. awesome. All right, we're out, guys. Have a great night. Thanks for the support. Thanks for your awesome participation. We love you guys. Hello, everybody. Hey, what's going on, guys? I am Janae Strether. I'm Sean Spencer. Back. We are back. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I got to go out and let... Hold up. Ooh. All right, all right, all right. I am Janae Struthers. I am Sean Spencer. And this is Let's Talk Football. Yes. All right.